Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon and welcome to Salt to Salt. Always very special to spend some time with you on our Wednesday afternoon slot, one o'clock on High FM. And uh, we have m- many beautiful things to talk about today. And I'm so glad that you're listening and that you've tuned in. Um, first one being, we're going to discuss the, today's date, which is the 6th of Elul, the sixth day of the month of Elul in the Hebrew calendar. And today is the yacht site of Rabbi Yom Tov Lipman Heller, known as the Toysvus Yom Tov. Rabbi Heller was born in 1579, and he died in 1654. And he was the author, the very the author of the very famous commentary of his on the Mishnah called Toysvus Yom Tov. So, if somebody learns Mishnah, um, the uh, most the second most famous parish, first most famous is Rav Ovadia Mivatanura. And the second one is the Toysvus Yom Tov. Uh, Toysvus Yom Tov was 13 years old when he went to study with the Maharal in Prague. And he was a great genius, a great prodigy. And at 18, he was appointed as a member of the Maharal's rabbinical court. And he held that position for 27 years. He also authored a sefer called Sura Sabais, which was a detailed explanation of the third temple as described by Yechezkel, the prophet Ezekiel Yechezkel, um, and uh, it, it was a, a, a great work which of, of uh, tremendous assistance to understand uh, exactly the dimensions of how the Beis HaMikdash um, was and will be the future third Beis HaMikdash. He also served as the chief rabbi of Vienna and as the chief rabbi of Prague. Uh, in 1629, there was a terrible incident where he puskened, he gave the rabbinic ruling that a certain tax should be paid by the community. There was a federal tax, and uh, obviously people don't like to pay taxes, but he said we all have to pay those taxes. And a few individuals that were disgruntled, didn't like his ruling, they framed him, and they uh, eventually it was resulted in, in him throwing uh, thrown into prison. And 40 days later, he was released, uh, penniless, and he wasn't allowed to practice as a rabbi. The ban was later rescinded, and he ended his life as the rabbi of Krakow in Poland. He's buried over there in Krakow, in the, in the famous Krakow Cemetery, um, uh, just behind the shul of the Ramor. Um, the Ramor and his father are buried there, and the Toysas Yontov is buried at the back of that cemetery, in the section that's devoted to the needy and to the poor. And uh, actually, uh, my family has a very strong connection to Toysus Yontov because my wife is a direct descendant of the Toysus Yontov. She's a 16th generation descendant of the Toysus Yontov. So it makes my children 17th generation descendants. And last year, this time, I was very privileged together with my wife and my parents to go to Poland and Lithuania with Rabbi Pesach Kron. And we, of course, went to Krakow, we spent Shabbos in Krakow, which was a, a wonderful um, experience. And we went to the, of course, we went to the Shul of the Ramah 
and we went to the cemetery and saw where the Ramai is buried, the great Ramosha Isilis, who was just before the um, Toysas Yontav, and we went to the grave of the Toysas Yontav, which, of course, was very emotional for myself and my wife, being my wife being a descendant and our children being descendants. So it was very special to be there. But today is the Yotzat of the Toysas Yontav, a person of great genius, who contributed tremendously to Klai Israel, and still today we benefit greatly from his genius, from his work, his many works, and uh, we is the Shomashev Naliya on um, this important day of his Yotzat. So we're in the month of Elul, and um, I would like to discuss a little bit about the importance of the and significance of this month, the month of Elul. Now, very often when we mention Elul, we get that, you know, empty feeling in our stomach, and we get very nervous for the upcoming Yemei Hadin, the Days of Judgment, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, we know that each and every one of us, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, is going to be judged on Rosh Hashanah. The judgment begins Rosh Hashanah, the judgment ends Yom Kippur, and therefore it is a frightening time, it is a daunting time, it is a time that um, we, uh, we, we are anxious but we shouldn't feel an anxiety and we shouldn't feel a negative, a, um, a, a reticence at this time. On the contrary, we should feel a closeness and a love that Hashem has for every single one of us. And Hashem created the calendars, the cycle this way because Hashem's giving us a wonderful opportunity, an opportunity to come home, an opportunity to return, an opportunity to fix up those things that need to be addressed in our lives and to become whole and connected to God, connected to the eternal source of life um, once more. So it's a, it is, it shouldn't be viewed in a negative way, but rather in a beautiful, positive way. It is all love, Hashem's love for us, and Hashem's desire for us to reconnect and to come home. And the that could be seen in the word Elul. The, it's a, uh, Elul is spelt in Hebrew, Aleph Lamed, Vav Lamed, and that can be spelled, that, that means that, that is a reference, a hint towards the verse in Shir Hashirim, Anila Dodi Vododi Li. I am for my beloved, and my beloved is for me. Now, in other words, the only month that says that, that has this hint, that I am, can, I am for my beloved, my life is about connecting to my beloved, and that's referring to Hashem, and my beloved is for me, Hashem is for me. So at this time of returning, of this time of chuva, of this time of introspection, it's a time of closeness and of love and of connection to Hashem. And so please God, we should all do the work and feel that closeness and feel Hashem's um, presence in our lives. But that's one explanation of Elul. Another explanation that I heard, a very beautiful explanation, I heard it from Rabbi Pesach Kron, and he was quoting the Baba Varebi. The Baba Varebi says about Elul, it also is a reference to the Pasuk, Echad le'oila ve'echad l'chatis. Um, we ha- we know that we have um, a uh, uh, obligation to bring korbanas, sacrifices in the base of the temple. We had a temple, we brought offerings, and the verse in the Torah says, "Echad echad So one for an oila, one for a chatas, and that is the acronym of the name Elul. Why says the Baba Revi? Why is that a hint to this verse of one for the oila offering, one for the chatas offering? Because on Elul, everybody knows what they have to do. Some people need to bring an oila. An oila is an elevation offering. They look back at their year and they say, well, okay, I, I did stick to 
my commitments and I did keep the mitzvahs as best I could and I was careful with my Shmira Shabbos and I was careful with my um with my not speaking Loshan Hora and I was careful with my Kashrus and Tarasa Mishpacha and I learned Torah and I davened in a minion and I gave the tzedakah I was supposed to. So when I look back at my year, I did okay. I did well. Um, please God will be in that category. I, um, I'm not in that category and I'm sure most of us are not. But anyway, even for such an individual, we say he, that person's got to bring an oiler. That person has to elevate themselves further this year. They have to keep on climbing and keep on growing. They had lachatas and they're people that have to bring a korban chatas, a sin offering. A sin offering is when we acknowledge and appreciate that we have stumbled and that we have fallen, that we have given in to the Yetzirah, to the temptations and seductions of the Yetzirah. And we have to address that and, and rectify the wrongs in our world and in our life and in our behavior. So some of us have to bring korban chatas, but everybody should, um, everybody has to grow. So some have to bring a korban chatas and change their ways and move away from the negative behavior and the transgressions they've committed in the year. And some some have to grow further and increase that which they've done. But everybody has to, in Elul, develop and grow. That is our um, our prerogative. That is the opportunity of Elul. And that is the special month that we are in right now. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about our month that we're in, the month of Elul, a month of opportunity, a month of growth, a month of returning to Hashem. So maybe I'm going to recommend three different things that perhaps we can look at in the month of Elul. Um, the first, obviously, um, uh, the observance of the Torah and mitzvahs is the place to start for all of us. So we have to look at our mitzvah observance. We have to look at, you know, those things that are missing. So if we are not yet Shomrei Shabbos, that is the best thing possible to take on. Gosh, going into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur having taken on Shabbos. Wow, that's a powerful thing. That's earth shattering. That's quite incredible. That will be a tremendous boost to ourselves and to our judgment to earn us a tremendous amount of merit. And wow, look at the time we're in now, you know, the pandemic that we're facing and the the shock that the whole world has gone through as a result of this pandemic. Isn't it unbelievable? You know, compare last Rosh Hashanah to this Rosh Hashanah, who in their wildest dreams would have imagined that what has transpired this year would take place um, all over the world universally in the entire world. And Hashem is definitely shaking us up. There's no question about it. And Hashem is looking to see how are we going to respond to this current situation, to the reality that we face. And are we going to grow? Are we going to grow for it, grow from it, or are we just going to sleep through it like we usually do? Are we going to just ignore it and carry on and pretend that the world is just random or accidental? Are we actually going to break out of our complacency and um, develop and grow spiritually from it. Everything that happens in the world is in order for us to grow. There's no question about it. And Hashem is waiting for every single one of us to move and to step in the right direction and to develop and grow. So it would be an incredible thing to take on Shabbos if you're not there yet. And what an incredible mitzvah, Ishmira Shabbos, 
the covenant with Hashem and the Jewish people, the acknowledgement that Hashem created the world, uh, every Shabbos, we remember the creation of the world. Hashem created the world in six days. In the seventh day, Hashem abstained from creative activity. And we do the same to acknowledge that Hashem is the creator of the world. And that's the beginning of everything. Once we acknowledge creation and Hashem is the creator, so then we obviously are obligated to fulfill the commandments of the creator, to serve Hashem. So uh, I would highly recommend the taking on of Shabbos. And even if you're not ready to take on all of Shabbos, which, please God, you'll get to. Uh, and there's nothing like Shabbos. There's no satisfaction and serenity and tranquility and joy like keeping Shabbos. It looks like it's burdensome, and it looks like it's restrictive from the outside. But when you do it, gosh, it adds such a quality to life. It adds such a a quality to family life, the family on Shabbos. I'm spending so much quality time together. And especially now that we haven't been, been able to go to shul and we're all home and we're not entertaining. So there's such beautiful quality time together that families spend. And with Shabbos, it, it's enhanced a hundredfold because there's no uh, distractions from devices. There's no running to the computers and to Netflix and to um, the playing of games and to WhatsApp and Facebook. But rather, it's just pure, uh, unadulterated quality time. So Shabbos is really the way to go. And uh, we highly recommend it. So that's perhaps the best thing to take on is uh, Shabbos and any other mitzvah observance. If you're not yet kosher, take on the laws of kashrus. Uh, eat those things that Hashem says you can eat and stay away from those things that you can't eat. And maybe it's a bit more expensive and maybe it's inconvenient. But we're following the directors of the creator of the universe. And God tells us when we eat tray food, so it's metamtem hanefesh, it blocks up the channels of spirituality that prevents us from connecting to the truth and to Hashem. And often we see Jews that you just can't penetrate. There's just such a thick skin that you can't. The neshama is there, but the poor neshama is covered with so many layers of tumma, of impurity, and a lot of that is from eating tray food. That we that we it's difficult to access that neshama. It's difficult to reach that neshama, both for that individual themselves and for others trying to break through. So kashrus, Shabbos, Taras, Samishpacha, laws of family, purity, all of the mitzvahs are very much, should be at the top of our agenda. We all should take something on this Elo. Grow in some area and, and determine and, and make a commitment to Hashem. These 40 days, the 40 days from Rosh Chodesh Elo, which was Friday, first of Elo until Yom Kippur is 40 days. And they 40 days of return. How do we know that? Where do we get that from? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, he, Moses, our teacher, he went up Har Sinai, the Mount, uh, Mount Sinai, the first time when he went to receive the Torah. He received the Torah, um, to, uh, eat for the Jewish people. Hashem told him to go up and he came down 40 days later and the Jewish people were running around the golden calf and he destroyed the calf and there was a, a tremendous upheaval and many of those instigators were, were killed. And then Moshe Rabbeinu went up for a second time for another 40 days, came back down, and then Hashem told him to go up a third time. On Rosh Chodesh Elul, Hashem told him to ascend, which he did, and to write the second Luchos. Remember the first tablets he broke on the calf. The second tablets he returned to, um, he brought down, and this time the first tablets were, were hewed out, were carved by Hashem. The second tablets were 
carved out by Moshe Rabbeinu. And he returned on Yom Kippur with the second tablets. And that's how Klai Yisrael knew that they were forgiven from the sin of the golden calf. And therefore we know that these 40 days from Rosh Kodesh Elul until Yom Kippur are days of forgiveness, are days of return, are days of rectifying our spiritual camp, our spiritual world, our lives. And so everybody should take something on. Take something on. Wherever your level is, take something on small. So if you're not yet Shomri Mitzvahs, take on a mitzvah. It's one mitzvah. Take on, you know, the big three, Shabbos, Kashatai, Samishpacha. Take on um, uh, wearing tzitzis. Take on saying Shema. Take on putting tefillin. There's so much that one should do and could do. Um, if one is fully Shomri Mitzvahs, and kolak avod for that, well done, keep it up. Because that's what we were sent to this world to do, to fulfill God's commandments. But there's always tremendous room for growth. And we can never be complacent and think we've arrived and rest on our laurels. So I'm going to make three recommendations for those that are already Shomri Mitzvahs to, to grow further and develop more. One of them being the bracha of Asher Yatsar. So we say after going to the bathroom, there's a bracha of Asher Yatsar Es Adam B'Chachma, that God created human beings with wisdom. Beautiful, beautiful prayer. It's at the beginning of the Siddur, um, and uh, right at the beginning of the Siddur, after Birkas Hashachah, the morning blessings, so you have the blessing of Asher Yatsar. And it's so powerful, especially now during the pandemic, where we see the world has faced such a threat to the health of humanity, and how vulnerable we all are, and how and dangerous this little virus of COVID-19 is, how it's wreaked havoc across the globe. And therefore we should, it's a time now, Hashem wants us to appreciate our health, to appreciate our, our condition, and to thank God for the successful workings of our body, which are truly miraculous. How anybody could say that this is an accident, that the human body is just by chance and it's random, is absolutely ridiculous. It's insane to make such a suggestion. It's not normal. It's abnormal to make such a suggestion. Obviously, this wise, intricate, magnificent functioning of the human body was designed by a creator. And that creator created the world. And our obligation is to build the relationship with that creator and to serve that creator. It's the most obvious thing in the world. It really is. It just takes basic common sense to understand that. And not to see that is is just, you know, doesn't make any sense at all. And so we should appreciate the incredible human body we have and the incredible functioning of the human body. All of the organs, all of the senses, all of the limbs, it's just breathtaking how the body works. And as a lay person, I know very little about the human body, but even I can see what a miraculous piece of machinery it is that God has created and that God keeps going, perpetually keeps going to 70, 80, 90 years. It's just unbelievable, the human body. And so every time we go to the bathroom, we acknowledge the workings of the body, that we eat food. Not only do we, does God give us food to eat, to sustain us, but God actually makes that food delicious. That food is tasty. That food is it gives us pleasure. So it's a double chesed. It's a double kindness of God that the food sustains us and gives us strength. That's the fuel in the tank and the food also is delicious and then what does the body do it extracts that which it needs in order to give us strength and nutrients and it discards the waste that it doesn't need incredible thing 
And if a body wasn't able to discard the waste, we all know that we would be in hospital and be in big trouble. We wouldn't be able to live very long if the body didn't function normally, if the bladder didn't work, and if the bowels didn't work. And so every time we go to the bathroom, we thank Hashem for those incredible gifts and miracles that happen every time we go to the bathroom. So that's the blessing of Asher Yatsar. So maybe we can take on the blessing of Asher Yatsar if we already say it every time we go to the bathroom. Say it with Kavona. Say it standing still. Often you'll see from people coming out the bathroom and mumbling something because they're walking around and they're saying the bracha and they're getting on with what they need to do. Try stand still. Close your eyes. Preferably read it from a text. Um, get it laminated and put it in places in your house and read that bracha standing still with Kavona because we should all be very grateful for the incredible workings of our body. So that's a suggestion number one for Elul. Suggestion number oh, well, it's after the mitzvahs. If we're not sure of mitzvahs, take on a mitzvah. Such a powerful thing to take on a mitzvah. It's just, it'll change your life and it will certainly change your din, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. No question about it. Another uh, suggestion is say your brochas loud. Brochas, uh, the brochas we say, we say many, many brochas a day. We say a brocha, as I mentioned, every time we go to the bathroom. We say many brochas in davening. Part of our davening is saying many brochas. And we say brochas before and after we eat anything. When we say the brochas, we should say them loud. Because when somebody hears a brocha and answers amen, it creates a certain spiritual force, a certain spiritual entity. We, our understanding is that every human being has the capacity to create spiritual forces. And when we do a mitzvah, we do any mitzvah, there's a spiritual energy that's created in the world. That spiritual energy then um, is in the bank for you. And when we leave this world and we face the judgment, the ultimate judgment, when we face HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, and we're, after we've lived our life in this world, so all of those mitzvahs we did, they will come and be defending angels for us. They'll be defending force, uh, spiritual forces that will testify for us. And they'll say, I was created on, on the 26th of August, 2020, because that person, Chaim ben Yosef, said, He put on tefillin. He said, Shema, right? Because with the creation of he, he benched off the bread. He said, Birkas Amazon. So each time we do a mitzvah, um, that spiritual force is created and that spiritual force will come and defend us in our court case at the end. And every time we do an Avera transgression, so we create a negative spiritual force that will come and accuse us in that court case. And so we'll have thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of uh, defending uh, angels, defending forces, and we'll have many, many thousands and thousands of prosecuting forces. And that's how our din, our judgment is determined on the other side. When you say a brocha aloud and somebody says amen, so it creates a malach. Because how do we know that there's a hint to that? The word amen is gematria 91. Aleph mem nun spells mem is 40, nun is 50, aleph is 191. And malach is also 91. So when you say amen, you create a malach. So we need to create as many malachim as possible. We really do. Um, it's very important that we put an effort and focus on that. So say your bracha is loud, people say amen, there's a malach that's created. And maybe another suggestion as well is that we've been out of our shuls, unfortunately, for, for 
five months, and we've just returned. Last week we returned on Rosh Chodesh Elul. We returned back to Shul, which is great timing, before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, of course, with the many, many restrictions and protocols in place and social distancing and wearing masks. And we started, we've started outside, um, which is much safer with smaller numbers. So we, and we're trying very carefully to keep all the protocols to keep everybody safe, um, which is very important to do. So uh, one of the things we're deprived of, not doubling in a minion, is we can't say Kaddish. Now, Kaddish is a prayer that's only said in a minion, and if somebody has passed away and they, they, their relatives say Kaddish for them. Kaddish is a magnificent, powerful praise of our Kaddish Baruch of Hashem. We praise Hashem for the, for, we acknowledge Hashem's greatness with Kaddish. And so the person saying Kaddish says the incredible words, Yiskadov, Yiskadash, Meirabah, May his great name be elevated and exalted. And we say, Amen. And so it goes on, Kaddish is a praise of Hashem. And we all then answer, Amen, Yeheshmei Rabm Varach Lam Melmaya. May his great name be blessed forever and ever. When we do that, it's a very powerful thing in the world. It, it, it creates a great spiritual energy in the world. If it's being done, the whole community is praising Hashem. Because they're relatively saying this prayer, they get the schar for that. They get tremendous reward in Shemaim. So therefore, especially a child saying Kaddish for their parent is a very, very powerful thing. Every Kaddish a child says for a deceased parent, all the schus, all the merit of that holy prayer praising Hashem in the community of the Jewish people in Klai Israel is, uh, goes to the account of that, of that person's parent which is the greatest thing you can do for them, the greatest chesed you can do for them, the greatest acknowledgement of what they've done for you, your parents in your life, you're now giving back to them by saying Kaddish. So that's why, of course, we encourage people that are mourners to say Kaddish for the 11 months, and it's very powerful. So the one of the important um, aspects of Kaddish is Omen Yeshmei Rabbah. And so, of course, it's a terrible transgression to talk during Kaddish, right? When shouldn't This praise of Hashem is being said, and you're talking. You're, you've got the chutzpah to talk when Hashem is being praised like this. It's a terrible thing to do. But uh, also the saying of is very, very powerful. When we do that with Kavona, we think about what we say. I'll say to say, it tears up a gazardin, a negative um, spiritual um, decree against a person. can be torn up by saying Kaddish with Kavona, by saying Yehesh Meirabah, answering with Kavona. So we should try and do that in Shul. Not just everybody mumbles of Kaddish and we, and we all just, you know, mumbling under our breath to think about what you're saying and say it with Kavona and say it like you mean it. The very powerful. So maybe that's also a, an excellent thing to take on in Elul is to work on the Amen Yehishmei Rabbah. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Okay, so we're talking about our, the importance of growth at this time in the month of Elul. And um, it's an amazing uh, uh, lesson we learned from the Pasha we read this week. This week's Pasha, Pasha Kisetse. Is very beautiful and very powerful. And in the parsha we learn that it starts out with the words, Kisesa el milchama, when you go out to war, im oivecha, al oivecha, against your enemy, v'nasat, v'nasanu Hashem lokecha, v'yadacha v'shavisa shivyoi. And Hashem 
gives you your enemy gives over the enemy to you, you succeed in that war, and you have captives from the war. And it goes to tell us about halachas, laws with that regard. So there are many questions about this opening passage. When you go out to war, al oivecha. So firstly, why does it say al oivecha against your enemy? It means you should just say al oiv against enemies. Why is it your enemy? What's the emphasis on all? And it should also say not ki so when you go out to war, but it should say ki tilachem boyovecha when you battle your enemy. So obviously there's hints in this verse in the way it's expressed. And the great and holy Nasibu Shalom says a beautiful idea from this verse, which relates so brilliantly to what we've been saying with regards to the growth and the work we need to do in this month of Elul. And that is the Nasibu Shalom says that every single human being has sent, been sent to this world in order to do a job. And that job is to fight against the Yetzirah, the understanding of Judaism, which is a very beautiful understanding of how we work and the uh, makeup of a human being. It's just so accurate and so powerful and so clear that it gives us the tools to do the work and that we're supposed to and, and the understanding of what life is about. The Torah teaches us that we are all made up of two parts. Every single human being is made up of two parts. We, it's what's called the Yetzirah Tov and the Yetzirah, the positive inclination and the negative inclination. The positive inclination is that part of us that wants to strive for truth and morality and fairness and greatness and honesty and spiritual eternity rising above the limitations of our physical body and of our um, material existence and the the desire of the soul to connect to God. That's the Yetzirah the higher part of our being. And we have a Yetzirah, we have a lower part of our being, the part of us that wants to, that is selfish, that is self-centered, that is fixated on power and pleasure, that wants to get the maximum fulfillment for ourselves in this physical material world and blocks out the voice of the soul. And life is a constant struggle and clash between these two parts of our being, our Yetzirah and our Yetzirah, and we all have it. And we not blame for him. That's how Hashem made us. Hashem made us like that with these two very strong parts in us. Now, most of humanity doesn't even know that there's those parts of their being. And the poor neshama, the poor soul in that person is drowned out by the force of the Yetzirah, by the desire for, for control, for power, for pleasure, for self-gratification. That it becomes the major focus and dominant um, view of most human beings in this world. And the work is to give a voice to the neshama, to the soul, to harness that Yetzirah, to control it, to create boundaries, limit it, and to live a life that's based on truth and on spirituality, where the neshama, where the soul is dominant and is in control. That is the clash, that is the struggle, that is the reality of existence for every single human being in this world. And so the Zohar HaKadosh, the great um, uh, classic work of Jewish mysticism, written by Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says that this Pasuk, is talking, yes, when the Jewish people are at war and there's certain halachas and rules at war, but it's also talking on a deeper level about this war against the Yetzirah. 
And when a person goes out to war, so what's it kitzay? So when you go out, so it's not just ki tilachem lemilchama, tilachem al ovecha, it's al oev, but rather it is kitzay. So when you go out, when you engage in that battle, when you're conscious of that struggle, and you are fighting that battle and that struggle, right? Al oevecha against your enemy, your own personal enemy. Each of us has our own demons. Each of us has our own yetzahara. Each of us has our own issues that we have to address. Hashem will give you success. You'll overcome it. So if you are in the game, if you're aware of this and conscious of this, and you are, uh, you are part of this, you engaged in the struggle against the Yetzirah, Hashem will give you success. And that is our mission in this world. That's what we are doing here. As we opened up and said earlier, we were created to do Hashem's mitzvahs. And within that, there's a tremendous amount of spiritual work that we have to do. We have to fight against our own Yetzirah. That's our own internal battle and struggle. And everybody has their own battles and struggles. We all have our issues that we need to deal with. And that's what we're doing in this world. That's why we're here. That's why we were born. The great Noam Elimelech, Rav Elimelech of Lizhensk. I mentioned we went last year to, to Poland with you. And you went to Lizhensk and to the kever of the Noam Elimelech, a very spiritual, powerful place. A life-changing place. I recommend that you do that in your life. It should be on the bucket list. Go to Poland. Go to the Keva. Go to Lizhensk. And go to the Keva of the Nomeni Melech. He says, Lo nivra bo'olam rak l'shaver esateva. We were created in order to break our nature, the Yetzirah. And the Volna Goen says that we were sent to this world in order to develop ourselves and our midas and to control the Yetzirah. That's what we're doing here. That is our mission. And that's oivecha, your own personal demons you have to face your own personal Yetzirah. And the Siva Shalom says that if you want to find, we mentioned this earlier in Parshish Re'eh, that if you, two weeks ago, that if you want to find your own, so obviously every single Jew has to fulfill the mitzvahs. That's the beginning. That's the start of our spiritual journey. That's the framework. Um, we, we're not going to grow spiritually if we're not doing the mitzvahs. That's for sure. We're going to be fumbling around in the dark, searching for meaning and searching for answers and trying to be self-actualized in a very confused world with, with very little direction. Once we enter into the world of Torah and we fulfill the mitzvahs and we listen to God's commandments, then, so we have to take on the mitzvahs, of course, that's the starting point. But then there's tremendous inner work to be done. And that is looking at our weaknesses, looking at our, our Achilles heel, looking at our personal uh, journey, and, and those things that we struggle with, you know, everybody has different areas. Some people struggle with anger. Some people struggle with taiva, desire, physical pleasure. They want pleasure from this world, and it's a very strong force within them. It's strong within, anybody, within everybody, but they are different extremes and ranges. Some people struggle with, with uh, anger. Some people struggle with arrogance. Some people struggle with selfishness. So we all have, everybody's got everything. We all have a parts of all of it in us, but some are stronger than others. Those that are the strongest ones are the tikkun for our neshama. That's the mission of our soul. And if we're not a day, the, the uh, great rabbi of Slonim, the great rabbi of Slonim says, a day that you're not fighting against the Yetzirah is a lost day. You haven't achieved anything that day. That's what we're doing in the world. And we're going to be brought to din. We're going to answer and face up the judgment is on. They're going to ask us, did you work on your weak points? Did you grow at all? Even if you, there could be people that have fulfilled the Torah and the mitzvahs, but haven't grown one day in their lives. 
in actually working on those areas, those middles, those character traits that they were sent to this world to work on. So that is something we should all be doing. And that's what the Pasuk is saying. When you go out to war against your enemy, so Hashem will, will bring you success if you engaged in that battle. If you're thinking about it and you're working on it and you're struggling through it. And it's darn hard. It's very hard. It takes a tremendous amount of work. But if you're doing that work, Hashem will bring you success. And that's what we're doing in this world. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. end off with one final idea which uh, continues and consolidates that which we've been saying up to now. And that is that we should all remember that um, we have this tremendous work to do and we have a job that's why Hashem created us. We weren't here created to make money and enjoy the pleasures of this world. Those are just the means to our existence. Our real existence is about doing the spiritual work we've been talking about finding those weaknesses in our personalities, in our neshama, and addressing them, and working on them, and overcoming them, working on our anger, working on our taiva, our desire for pleasure and for power, working on our selfishness. These are all the the necessary parts of our existence, and that's why we're supposed to get married. Marriage is enhances that, gives us, uh, gives us an environment that facilitates the opportunity to work on all of our weak points in order to uh, have a healthy marriage. So we need to address those issues that are problematic and that uh, are difficult within our being. And we have to also learn to um, uh, learn to judge our partner, our spouse favorably and uh, be there for them, even though they also have weaknesses and have issues. Work on ourselves and love the other. That's the great growth of marriage, and that's what the Torah tells us to get marriage, married. The last point I wanted to make is that in order to really overcome the many challenges we face in this world, that they come to us constantly, the, you know, the, the waves, like waves in the sea, the waves are constantly coming, and we have to fortify ourselves. Just like with COVID-19, um, a person who was not healthy and didn't look after themselves was very vulnerable to COVID-19, and once they get it, it's too late. We have to do the preparation. And that's what the great rabbi, Rabbi Isla Peterberger, the Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta said. He says in the introduction of Or Yisrael, uh, this is from Rabbi Elephant. He says that a person needs to, the, the real work of a human being is to strengthen and fortify themselves spiritually. So when the ordeals present themselves, we are protected and we are ready and we are now able to face up to the temptation and seduction and attack of the Yetzirah. Um, a successful army is only successful if they've trained, if they've got the weapons required, if they've got the discipline, if they've got the tactics that are needed, then they will succeed in the battle. But if they come in the battle unprepared, most likely facing a well-organized enemy, they'll be destroyed. They'll be they'll lose the battle. And it's the same with the Eight Sahara. We have to do the preparation. We have to look at ourselves and look at our personalities. We have to learn Torah. Torah gives us the energy, the spiritual energy and the intellectual capacity to detect the weaknesses in our personality and the drive to address them. And we have to, um, in the in the times before the ordeal sets in, before the heat of the moment, 
work on ourselves and work on those qualities, work on our anger, work on our taiva, our desire, work on our selfishness. Um, and if we do that work and we're conscious, we're thinking about it and we're in the game and we understand that we're here to do that spiritual work, so then when those situations present themselves and they will present themselves, those tests come, those challenges come, no matter what, they will be arriving. Those what we call nishoyness, those challenges that we face in our lives. If we are fortified and have done the work before, we'll be able to face up to those challenges. But if we are not fortified and haven't done the work and we're just going in blind like most of the world, we're not even conscious and aware of what's going on around us and of the tests that are coming our way, we most certainly will fail and we'll stumble and fall. And that's what a Torah life is all about. Torah life is being, and that's what learning Musa and learning Chassidus is about, is highlighting the important growth of a human being and the work that a human being has to do in their lives and preparing ourselves for those moments that when they come, we will be protected. We will be in a position to resist those temptations and those um, areas that we are weak and those pitfalls. And life is about, we win some, we lose some. But life is about constantly growing and improving. And that's what this time Elul is. Elul is a time to specifically look at our lives and look at the challenges we face and look at the opportunity that God gives us with each day of our lives and hopefully move in the right direction and begin to grow spiritually by taking on the mitzvahs, by working on ourselves, and by succeeding in by being engaged in this battle, in this milchama, in this war with the Yetzirah, milchama, when we go out to war against our enemy, which is an inner enemy, Al Yetzirah. Thank you so much for listening and wishing you a ksivach simatoiva, please God, a meaningful and productive elo and a year which Hashem blesses us all with good health, with spiritual growth and with peace. Have a wonderful day.